Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hello. I'm in my car again. Maybe the sound's not as good as usual, but I can't spend all my time in the closet, so I've got to compromise. <laughs> I'll read you poems, and you can excuse a little traffic noise. Deal? Today's poem is by Robert Frost, an American master of poetry. It's called After Apple Picking. And I find myself returning to it autumn after autumn, and it bears up beneath repeated reading. It's long, uh, 42 lines or something, I think, I counted. So it's long, but with short lines and worth every single line, worth a careful listening. So maybe set down what you're doing for a minute and close your eyes and let this take you for a little trip. After Apple Picking by Robert Frost. My long two-pointed ladders sticking through a tree toward heaven still. And there's a barrel that I didn't fill beside it, and there may be two or three apples I didn't pick upon some bough. But I am done with apple picking now. Essence of winter sleep is on the night. The scent of apples I am drowsing off. I cannot rub the strangeness from my sight I got from looking through a pane of glass I skimmed this morning from the drinking trough and held against the world of hoary grass. It melted, and I let it fall and break. But I was well upon my way to sleep before it fell, and I could tell what form my dreaming was about to take. Magnified apples appear and disappear stem end and blossom end, and every fleck of russet showing clear. My instep arch not only keeps the ache, it keeps the pressure of the ladder round. I feel the ladder sway as the boughs bend. And I keep hearing from the cellar bin the rumbling sound of load on load of apples coming in. For I have had too much of apple picking, I am overtired of the great harvest I myself desired. There were ten thousand thousand fruit to touch, cherish in hand, lift down, and not let fall. For all that struck the earth, no matter if not bruised or spiked with stubble, went surely to the cider apple heap as of no worth. One can see what will trouble this sleep of mine, whatever sleep it is. Were he not gone, the woodchuck would say, whether it's like his long sleep, as I describe its coming on, or just some human sleep. We are blessed on our property to have an orchard of old, scraggly, humongous, organic, reed, wormy <laughs> apples, and every autumn 
we have an abundant harvest to pick and squash into cider. It's quite an event, and I always think about this poem on that day. Because by the end of the day, I'm very tired and also do feel like I wouldn't mind if I never saw an apple again. Or at least for many months. A few weeks ago when Keith Hansen shared his poem, his autumn poem by Keats, cider was mentioned at one point and Keith talked about the drowsy lethargy of the late summer, early autumn time of year when a huge job of work is done and then it ends and there's time to rest. And Keith mentioned the tryptophan drowsiness of a Thanksgiving dinner. And this poem, to me, is speaking to that as well. I hear hints of that drowsy, drowsy feeling. But there's more than one thing going on. I've never been able to pin this poem down completely. I see and love the weariness after a huge job, how you close your eyes at night and you still see apples and feel the ladder rung in your the arch of your foot and hear the rumble of apples. Certain tasks are like that, aren't they? That later in bed when you close your eyes, you can still hear and see and feel what you were doing that day. Being on a boat obviously is one, but for me, fly fishing as well. When I close my eyes that night, I just see the river. So he's speaking to that. And of course you're tired after a big job, but doesn't it seem like there's something more here? Something almost like a trance. I almost feel like I'm going into a trance when I read this. But maybe even something foreboding. At one point he says, I could tell what form my dreaming was about to take. And later, one can see what will trouble this sleep of mine. And I don't see exactly what it is. But something's coming, and maybe that's just part of fall, is that feeling like something big is coming, something different. I really enjoy the scene, if I can call it that, where the speaker takes a piece of ice from the top of the drinking trough and holds it up and looks through it, and everything's blurred. And then he drops it, and things still seem to look strange to him, and he falls asleep before it even hits the ground. I do, with each passing year that goes by, feel more affected by the winter. There's definitely a time in early December where something changes and everything starts to look a little different. And this reminds me of that. It reminds me of depression in a way. It reminds me of acedia, which is one of the seven deadly sins. Um, we usually call it sloth, but this listlessness or torpor or just a feeling of not really caring what happens and apathy was considered through a lot of time to be a sin, to give in to that and to not resist. But we are creatures that are part of nature and are, I think are affected by the seasons and can't help having things be different at different times of year. The rhymes of this poem are amazing. You 
should try to get a copy to look at, find it online or find it in an anthology on your shelf. Every single word at the end of a line has a rhyme, at least one other line that rhymes with it, but there's no pattern. It seems very strange and random. And yet, when you hear one of those words and have to wait a few lines and then its rhyme, its twin comes a while later, to me it feels like a bell ringing in my mind where those two things come together and it's kind of magic to me to hit upon those rhyming words in this poem and to not know what to expect. It's fun when a rhyme scheme is even and you know what to expect and then this one's kind of fun how it jumps out and surprises you. Another thing that's kind of magic about this poem to me is that it was written in 1914. Guys, that's almost 110 years ago. You probably know by now I love old poetry and I love old books, and so I'm not surprised when something very old is good, and I'm not surprised when something very old feels so relevant, to use a buzzword of today. But really, there's something about this poem that feels timeless. It could have been written yesterday. I'm going to read it one more time. After Apple Picking by Robert Frost. My long two-pointed ladders sticking through a tree toward heaven still. And there's a barrel that I didn't fill beside it. And there may be two or three apples I didn't pick upon some bough. But I am done with apple picking now. Essence of winter sleep is on the night. The scent of apples. I am drowsing off. I cannot rub the strangeness from my sight. I got from looking through a pane of glass. I skimmed this morning from the drinking trough. And held against the world of hoary grass. It melted and I let it fall and break. But I was well upon my way to sleep before it fell, and I could tell what form my dreaming was about to take. Magnified apples appear and disappear, stem end and blossom end, and every fleck of russet showing clear. My instep arch not only keeps the ache, it keeps the pressure of a ladder round. I feel the ladder sway as the boughs bend. And I keep hearing from the cellar bin the rumbling sound of load on load of apples coming in. For I have had too much of apple picking. I am overtired of the great harvest I myself desired. There were ten thousand thousand fruit to touch, cherish in hand, lift down, and not let fall. For all that struck the earth, no matter if not bruised or spiked with stubble, went surely to the cider apple heap as of no worth. One can see what will trouble this sleep of mine, whatever sleep it is. Were he not gone, the woodchuck could say whether it's like his long sleep, as I describe it coming on, or just some human sleep. Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive, I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, 
or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well. <laughs>